Shinsuke Nakamura, Jeff Hardy, United States Championship. Who do you got and why? I have Shinsuke Knox. Uh, I think you should just keep this title on him for a little while longer. I think his heel character is absolutely amazing. This is the best Nakamura has been on the main roster. He's fully a WWE character now. Instead, Hardy's in trouble. Kinshasa. Nakamura, the cover. And Shinsuke Nakamura retains. The NXT Tag Team Championships, Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain. I have Undisputed Era winning at Brooklyn. You have to make the Undisputed Era look strong. Like I was mentioning before, with everything that's going on in the main event scene right now, you have to find a way to keep the Undisputed Era relevant. And I mm -hmm. think the best way to do that is to keep the championships on them. The NXT North American Championship, Adam Cole, Ricochet, who's walking out with a belt and what? My heart says Adam Cole, but my brain says Ricochet. I kind of feel like we have to have at least one babyface win a championship, at least one. I think if that's going to happen, I think it's going to be Ricochet. SmackDown Women's Championship, Carmella defending against Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch. You have Charlotte win the championship. It sets up Becky Lynch's heel turn, turning Charlotte heel to face Ronda. You could do that down the line while she has the championship. There's more than enough time to do that. So I'll take Charlotte to win the championship. Becky will turn heel at SummerSlam. Here comes Charlotte. Natural selection. Cover. Charlotte Flair is a seven-time champion. The champion, Tommaso Ciampa. Mm -hmm. The challenger, Johnny Gargano. If Gargano wasn't so obsessed with Ciampa, and he was still the same character, I would say Johnny Gargano. It's not that Johnny Gargano. Ciampa's gonna walk out with the championship. Oh! It's up to Nino! Ciampa's up! Ciampa's up! No! What if I told you that you were about to listen to another wrestling podcast. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we discuss the ins and outs and everything you need to know in the world of professional wrestling. From the independent scene to NXT, all the way to the main events of the WWE. Our thoughts, our perspectives, and our predictions on the biggest topics and breaking news in all of pro wrestling. If it's happening, we're talking about it. Shut the hell up! This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Here are your hosts. Sean McChesney and CJ Palmasano. All right, let's get to it. Episode number three. Here we go, number three. Of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Sean McChesney. CJ Palmasano. Your host. A lot to get to today with wrestling, fallout of SummerSlam, and TakeOver Brooklyn, which is really going to be the whole show, so I'm not going to ramble on this whole time. Um, SummerSlam actually was a little bit better than expected last night. SummerSlam was actually pretty decent. Pretty decent. It was, um, it was fun. 
Uh, even in some of the DQs, especially Samojo and AJ, which we'll get to later, mm -hmm. it was great storytelling. Um, even the main event, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't 100% thrilled with it, but it was very understandable how it went. Um, so we'll get into that, but you and I were in the Barclays Center for TakeOver Brooklyn 4. That might be my favorite takeover. That might be a close... I mean, you, you've went out and said New Orleans was the best, and, and I kind of have to agree with that. But um, for those who are saying that, you know, they underperformed, um, there have been better matches, it's clear they didn't watch TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Yeah. Um, because we were there live. We witnessed it firsthand. We had a beer bath at one point, or beer shower, <laughs> however, however you want to take it. But regardless... That had to have been one of my favorite WWE events I've ever attended. I've only attended very few, but we were at Brooklyn 1, and to me, Brooklyn 4 surpassed that times 10. I've been to many, many wrestling events, and this might have been my favorite one. Yeah. Uh, it, it's neck and neck with Brooklyn 1. Mm -hmm. They're my two favorite wrestling events I've ever been to. It's just amazing how each match was, and each match like was... Some was better or at least on par with the previous one. Just mm -hmm. there wasn't a dud in the entire show. Right. That's what that's what the amazing thing about the show was. The amazing thing about the show, like you said, was like if you had to rank the matches in order from last to first, you'd have to put EC3 and the Velveteen Dream last, and they were very, very good. And that wasn't even a weak match. Right. It was it was a fun and entertaining match. But at the very least, th there wasn't a single match that nobody said mm, that could have been better. No, each one delivered. Right, and and you know what's funny, you know, and everybody talks about the main event. And let's start there. The last man standing match: Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa winning the last man standing match. Um, and for those who are like, oh, well, the the ending sucked. Well, of course it did because Tommaso Ciampa won. He got booed out of the building. But in retrospect and storyline thinking, CJ, that was genius storytelling. Yes. And I, it, when you talk about Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa three, I. I wouldn't call it my favorite, but the storytelling was awesome. Yeah, the storytelling just keeps getting better and better in each match, and each match they've had up to this point all have been very different. Yes. And it's amazing and compelling that they have been able to put on three different matches Excuse me, within telling the same story. Right. And what's funny about the um, TakeOver, 4, TakeOver Brooklyn 4 was... You know, the whole match was awesome. The last man standing concept I thought was fantastic. But we get to the very end. and The handcuffs get introduced early in the match. We get to the end of the match and we see Tommaso Ciampa get handcuffed to a part of the ring where he, or part of the stage he can't stand up. And you and I looked at each other going, it's over. Johnny won. Johnny won. It's they, over. So they, they got, they, everybody got they you. They got us. They got us. Great. And then the funny part was he kept super kicking, super kicking, super kicking. You and I looked at each other going, baby faces are such morons. That's, that's, I was screaming that. I'm saying, if you're going to be a wrestler, be a heel because baby faces are, are just so they stupid. They suck. But like, and, and then finally, and you know, and we'll talk about this at length too. He finally hits the running knee, falls off the stage. And I looked and, and I remember when you picked me up that morning, I go, ever thought this match might end in a draw? I thought that's what we were looking at. And it almost all, was. And all of a sudden at the count of nine, I went back and watched the match. Tommaso just finds a way to swerve off the stage. And because he was handcuffed, he was almost hanging, but was standing on his feet mm -hmm. and he won the match. And you know what? And everybody was looking at Johnny trying to get up. Nobody saw. I yeah, mean, nobody was paying. Nobody no, was paying attention to Tommaso. Nobody was paying attention to Tommaso Champa. He stands up, 
and the match is over. And again, I thought the match had great storytelling, and we'll talk about this too. Johnny Gargano was legitimately hurt. He legitimately so, dislocated so, his knee. So Triple H says. Well, he. Well, I don't entirely entirely believe that he's injured. Well, I read an article saying, and this is a quote from Triple H: "Did I expect Johnny to actually hurt himself? No, I didn't. Did I expect to change the ending of the match when he took that running knee off the stage? No, I did not. So from that alone, it was on a it was on a conference call after Takeover broke. Then it wasn't a Facebook Live. It was something else. Um, it sounded like Johnny legitimately hurt himself. And CJ, if that's true, this is their opportunity now to write him off television. Yeah, it is the perfect opportunity. It can be a blessing in disguise. Uh, if Gargano really is hurt, I hope it's not too serious. I hope it's just a minor injury. That Dislocation sounds like probably a month or two. You can carry it on to January if you really wanted to. Yeah. But like we mentioned, I said this rivalry, regardless of what happened in the Barclays Center Saturday, and obviously I think they did the right thing by having Champa go over, it has to end Brooklyn 5. Ends Brooklyn 5. Gargano wins the title. Yep. And I can understand why people are saying, you know, it's almost getting boring that they don't have a regular match. Yes and no, I can agree with what people are saying about that because... At times, it feels like they're doing the same thing, but they end every match very different. Well, at the same time, this is the perfect way to put a, a breather on this rivalry. Because, Absolutely. Because we, we did talk to some people you know, in Brooklyn, and uh, two guys we talked to outside the Barclays Center, hours before the show, they were saying how some people were saying how that people were starting to get a little tired by the feud and we're all we were all in agreement saying I don't know how you can be tired the matches are incredible the, the matches are incredible it. but it does be, it does become to a point I didn't mean to cut you off if they went one on one for a fourth straight time at war games I think that's when people would be like alright yeah, you, you gotta it can, do it something it can be too much of a good thing and right. you can't give that to every like, because if every single takeover pay per view from now until Mania was Gargano and Champa. Mm -hmm. I would be a little uh, yeah. If they sick of if it. they go one on one at War Games, and I don't think they will because you have to bring Alistair Black in at some point, and I think they will going forward. If they go one on one at War Games, I think that's when people are finally going to be like, all right, enough is enough now because you know the best way I think they can do this one more time is Brooklyn Five for the very last time in NXT because these two we were chanting it all night. They need to fight forever. Yeah, I think that. Um and I think it was something we mentioned prior, I think maybe on the way to Brooklyn, that would Johnny's win for the title, would it mean more? Or maybe we were saying this when we were heading home. It would mean more with a, with a pinfall? It would mean more with a pinfall or him making Champa tap out. I mean, I don't know because, well, and to, to, we'll get back to that point, but I said, you know, I might have agreed with you, but when we were counting at the very end and we were at eight, nine, and we were hoping oh, Johnny we were would get excited. up, oh, that place was loud. That place was loud. You know, the, it was like four or five, and all of a sudden, six. Like they were getting crazy because if the the slightest, the slightest picture of Johnny getting up before the count of ten and winning the championship, I think that place was going to blow the roof off the place. Um, but I agree with you. I think, and we talked about the possibility of them having a, an Iron Man match, possibly 60 minutes in Brooklyn Five, which I wouldn't have a problem with if it was something along the lines of it's tied in the very end and Johnny makes Tommaso tap with time expiring. That place would go crazy. Iron Man match would be good, too. I feel like uh, the next match they do have, Johnny has to either pin or submit Champa. Uh, yeah. Because... 
the crowd ch- uh, counted that one, two, three. They're gonna blow the roof off of that mm-hmm. place if they want to do it in Brooklyn Five. Well, Brooklyn Five, if they do the the Iron Man, and let's say they, it's whatever the match is, if he gets them to submit, you're gonna be hearing everyone scream tap, 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 and I think the reaction would be the same regardless. I do think it'd be a lot better if Gar. I would think it would be a lot better than if Gargano won on Saturday, last man standing. I do agree with you, because. A 1-2-3 and a pinfall, or oh, I'm sorry, a 1-2-3 and a submission you don't really see coming as much. Like, I mean, you do, but last man standing, you're counting down. So, I definitely think the best way to end it is pinfall or submission. It doesn't matter. I like to see this end with a Gargano escape in Brooklyn 5. Uh, but that's what everybody were writing to. And and I understand why people were upset at the end. And I responded to one Well, they friend. were supposed to be upset. Right. And I, But my one friend put on Twitter going, oh, why didn't they just do it a draw? And I simply said, sets up Brooklyn 5. Because now we have a situation, and whether Johnny is legitimately hurt or not, number one, they can write him off TV for injuries. Or they could write him off TV by saying, I don't know if I have it anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't beat Champa. I had him beat twice. I had him handcuffed twice, and I lost both times. I don't know if I can do this anymore. Now you or, have two ways to write him off TV. Or another way is that he could say that he has an injury, or he could say, I don't think I have it anymore. Or Champa just comes out and beats the living crap out of him, writing him off TV for X amount of time. Yeah, I mean, you, you could do it regardless either way. It really doesn't matter. But you have options now for the way that match ended. If it ended in a draw... I mean, you could realistically say the same thing, but think about it. We were on our way out of the building, and I go, I cannot believe that Johnny Gargano lost to this guy twice while he was handcuffed. Like, I can't believe it. Mm -hmm. So now you have a way to write Johnny off TV by saying, I don't have it anymore, or you can go with the injury, whether it's legitimate or not, and I do think it is. Um, You can write him off TV that way. Um, And even if dislocation, I hope it's only that. That doesn't sound too serious. But you can keep this going, have Aleister Black come back in for war games, uh, whatever you do for TakeOver Phoenix before the Rumble, whether that is Ricochet, maybe you do something with Adam Cole, you get that out of the way, you bring Gargano back after the Rumble. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. So, um, we'll revisit that rivalry when the time comes, um, and for a nice break in between, I'd say job well done for part one. Uh, part two, they cannot drag on part two for the rest of the year. That has to come towards just, WrestleMania. Just give Champa uh, a string load of opponents, because obviously his first opponent for the next title defense will be Aleister Black. Yes. Have him face, you know, you could have him face Adam Cole, uh, at the following at the Phoenix takeover because I just saw actually saw a video today. Uh, it was a, like a after Ricochet shortly won the North American title. It shows Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly coming up and getting Ricochet's face and making fun of him. And down the hallway you see Pete Dunn in a suit and he's like, "You got a problem here?" He's like, "No, no, no, no." Then there's like these losers, like what are you guys best friends? We are like, <laughs> and Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong are so right. funny together. Um, Ricochet kind of goes like, hey, thanks, man. Um, well, thanks, mate. Appreciate it. It's like, I'm not your mate. And as far as I'm concerned, you've just got a p- uh, piece of gold that I want. Yeah. Ricochet's like, all right, all right. Fair so enough. They, they can be set. So they're maybe setting up uh, Ricochet, Pete Dunn for War Games. Maybe, possibly. And, and War Games obviously is down the line. We don't know necessarily where they're going to go with everything, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the War Games match. Don't be surprised to see Undisputed Era in it. Maybe Ricochet's in it. I wouldn't be surprised if the only titles on the line that night are the women's title and the NXT title, uh, because at some point you have to put on the best War Games match possible. Um, but again, we can revisit that when the time comes. But speaking of Undisputed Era, what a phenomenal way to open the show. 
Um, Absolutely amazing. I mean, if the crowd was at any point falling asleep before the the whole event started, and we were in there a while before even the tapings happened and the Brooklyn Four got underway, what a way to start. That I, was absolutely perfect way to start. Having the Undisputed Era theme song come out, Mustache Mountain and Undisputed Era. Uh, they tore the house down. Yeah, and at least in Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong's respect, they have unbelievable chemistry together. Um, I think that this match might have been, no, not might have been. I think it was better than the NXT taping that they had their their second yeah. time, time around. I agree. And like you said, the chemistry that they have is incredible, number one. Um, Tyler Bate was the MVP of that match. Oh, for sure. And for, the way, and even it came down to the entrance order, for Christ's sakes. To just before the night even starts, all you hear is shock the system. The place went crazy. It's like yep. we are ready to go. You knew it was either going to be Adam Cole or right. O'Reilly and Strong. And I'm actually glad that it was the tag team titles first because so it, was I. And you know, just from from some of the moves in the match, just the. Again, the character, the charisma, the chemistry that all four of those guys have with one another was wonderful off the charts. I couldn't have thought of a better way to start off Brooklyn Four than that. And one of my favorite spots in that match was the little uh, thing that uh, Tyler Bate does where he like jumps in and his arms and his shoulders hit the ropes. He, he did, did that, that from the, the outside. outside. And I was like, oh my God. Because nobody saw that coming. Everyone's no. turned away and all of a sudden you see a human just bounce off the ropes and you're like, wait, what? Tyler Bate is money. Uh, him and Trent Seven together are money, but I feel like in the future, they're definitely, he's a guy they're going to want to, a, a key player they're going to want to build around because I think he's only like 21 or 22. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, staying with the Undisputed Era, I thought Adam Cole and Ricochet were off the charts. Other than Champ and Gargano, that might have been my favorite match. The oh, my day. God. It was great. And, you know, you and I were pulling for Adam Cole so much, but it's like we were kind of looking at each other at the very end going, you cannot love what Ricochet just did. I was, again, I was pulling for Adam Cole. I had predicted Ricochet would win, but I was wearing my Undisputed Era shirt. I had bought an Undisputed Era armband, which I had worn, like, practically all day. Yeah, what was uh, funny was you were getting uncomfortable at the end of the night, and you were like, oh, well, they wear it during their matches. I go, yeah, that's 30 minutes. You were wearing yours for eight hours. Oh, uh, yeah, I wore it all day. <laughs> so it's cutting, off <laughs> it's cutting off blood circulation at this point, but that match yeah. was awesome. From every single high-flying move that they did, even to the very end where Adam Cole thought he was safe, to the outside of the ring, Hurricane Rana leading into the finish, the place was standing. I love that spot. But I think I might have loved the like the the moonsault from the middle rope that was into a awesome. super kick. I think that was my favorite that spot was... the entire. Did night. you see the meme of um of Ricochet's leg saying NXT Takeover and or no I'm sorry Adam Cole's leg saying NXT Takeover and Ricochet's head saying SummerSlam? No, I didn't. But <laughs> that that's was funny. funny and it's true. It's very uh, true. Even though SummerSlam didn't exceed expectations, I still thought Takeover was better. Um, Anybody that agrees to disagree with that, you're more than welcome to. But I definitely thought Adam Cole Ricochet, again, like you said, I and I, even for the fact of we predicted how like each match would come out, I thought the order of every match was perfect. NXT yeah, ti was. tag titles to start off, EC3 Velveteen Dream, that was an easy number two. Adam Cole Ricochet at three. Kyrie Sane, Shayna Baszler, the finish. No, nobody saw it coming because remember at the end she misses the or she gets blocked by the elbow and then all of a sudden she's uh, she's in the, um, the sleeper hole and you're like oh that's it and all of a sudden Kyrie saying it by the time we realized CJ was going on it was already a two count 
And we're like, what? And then you hit three. That's where we got showered by B Miller Lite. Um, but yeah, thanks. nobody in the world saw that coming. And the Barkley set, that was probably one of the bigger pops of the night. Because I don't think anybody really saw it coming. No, and no one saw I, it coming. I for sure didn't see it coming because I had been saying, and I had been, I had been saying that I thought Candice LeRae was eventually going to be the person to dethrone Shayna Baszler. We still may get that though. Yeah, maybe. I don't Did know. Did you see uh, Shayna Baszler's interview afterwards? She said Kyrie didn't beat me. I lost. There's a I difference. I didn't see it, but I heard. So the what quote. that that means? I don't know if Shayna is going to get called up after this again. You know, we have Raw and SmackDown tonight and tomorrow, which we'll touch on a little bit at the end of the show but you look at though you look at that interview alone i think their rivalry is not over yet i think shana whether she does double duty or not i definitely think there will be a rematch down the line tv who knows war games possibly i think that now that wwe have uh io shirai in the may young classic who is probably that most likely going to be the winner of that thing right that is a huge match that they would not want to capitalize on so maybe at like, uh, maybe not war games, but at a the following takeover, they might want to do, you know, Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane, you know, winner of the Kimmy Young Classic, NXT because NXT Women's Championship match. Yeah, absolutely, and that match was again, you know, we can talk about it forever, but we'll be here all day. Takeover form from start to finish was incredible. Again, from the match placements to the moves to the storytelling. And again, and I said it earlier, when it came down to Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, it wasn't my favorite out of the three. But when it came down to storytelling, I think it was its best ever. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, from the very... Uh, you and I looked at each other at the end and we're like, the longer this goes, the more I think Ciampa's going to win. Because when he was handcuffed to the stage, he could not stand up. It was over. He had him beat. He had him beat. And I think this will lead into another story. And obviously that taping comes out next week because uh, the first taping after Brooklyn was in the Barclays Center. So no one will be involved in that unless they do like promos or something backstage. I mean, they only gave us... Because for those who don't know, every... Uh, NXT TV taping the week following a takeover is done, is, is, is at, done takeover. at takeover the same night, just before. shortly before it goes on the air. Right. Uh, spoilers, uh, you're going to see Deanna Perrazzo versus uh, Bianca Belair. Which was really good. Uh, won't tell you who wins. And Pete Dunne versus Zach Gibson. For the United Kingdom Championship. Both very good matches. Um, so they're probably going to fill that with a bunch of like promo packages and what's next and, and then they'll right. throw those two matches in there right. uh, overall this I, again I said you know probably, a lot of people have argued that TakeOver New Orleans was maybe the best TakeOver thus far this has been my favorite TakeOver that I've attended I've only attended two I think that this might be my favorite take. That and New Orleans are and Brooklyn are all neck and neck. I They're my three favorite takeovers. I definitely think Takeover Four is going to set Takeover Brooklyn Four is definitely going to set up for Brooklyn Five in a lot of ways. But real quick before we wrap up and we go to SummerSlam, when we look at NXT Takeover the Fallout, what do we see in the first taping? Do we see something from Tommaso Ciampa? Do we see Johnny Gargano? I think we see, think we see Gargano. Open or no, I see Gargano closing the first episode of the tapings. He'll cut a promo saying that he, you know, he's like, I, I did it again. I had him beat. I had him handcuffed. I had him beat. I just let my rage overtake me. I don't right. know. It could be a mixture of all these things. Like, it could be a mixture of him not knowing what he has, if he has what it takes anymore. 
him going away with an injury, him being hurt, he, and Champa attacking him. It, it could, could be a mixture of all three things. It could be a combination of all three. And you, it, realistically, you could do one of those three. You could do all three simultaneously. It really doesn't matter. I think you see something with that. I think you maybe have Champa open the show saying, "I did it again, handcuffed." By the way, um, I beat Johnny Wrestling handcuffed twice. twice. Um, which. Of course, it's like, I'm done with Johnny. I'm moving on. Maybe we see Aleister Black return in the first taping. Who knows? Because at that point, it would have been about four or five weeks. You could at least get him back on TV at that point. Yeah. Um, so maybe we see the return of Aleister Black. And I also, and I meant to say this earlier, with Johnny most likely being written off TV, I think this separates him from being a suspect in the attack. Undisputed Era, by the way, has already been separated from being suspects. According to William Regal on the pre-show, because I was following the Twitter, mm -hmm. he said they're no longer suspects. I think this eliminates Johnny from being a suspect in the attack. And again, I think the most realistic thing that they can do is have Tommaso be the one that attacked him, which would obviously set up Los Angeles in November. That might be good, but it might be that the the most obvious thing obvious but easiest at the same time and again that could go one of two ways i know what you're thinking um but if johnny's gonna get written off tv at this point with a legitimate injury possibly i don't know how you can have him be a suspect unless the the so-called investigation isn't over until after brooklyn five and that's way too long yeah to that's way out. too long to drag it out um with nxt you will every time you think it's gonna go one way something shocking happens then that's what I love about NXT so much is that it's not predictable at all. Mm -hmm. They could fool you in an instance. Could be Matt Riddle. He showed up at Brooklyn. It could be Matt Riddle. People are really excited about him being there, so I don't know if he will actually be the one to attack Aleister Black, but I would love that. Imagine Aleister Black and Matt Riddle. Mm -hmm. That would be absolutely fantastic. That'd be a phenomenal match for a takeover. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think going forward, I think you're going to see um, something from Tommaso. Obviously, Champ is going to cut a promo um, on Johnny. I think one of those three scenarios we see Johnny come out and do, whether that's he walks away for a while, I'm injured, but when I come back, I'm going to beat Champa, sort of thing. Um, or Champa comes out and beats him up, or all three at the same time. Um, but realistically, I think regardless of that, I think we're in for an amazing few next upcoming tapings for NXT after this week, of course. I think so. Even this week will be good. It's just we, we won't be expecting anything until next week. No, because nothing's going to happen. Everything we saw as far as match matches go, right? That's, we already saw that. Which we're very good. Let's go to SummerSlam, and then after SummerSlam, I want to kind of touch on what we might see on Raw tonight and SmackDown after that. Uh, SummerSlam, first thing I think we need to talk about is the Universal Championship. Roman Reigns finally defeating Brock Lesnar. He's finally the champion. Um, and I was telling you this off the air. There is a report that Vince McMahon cut the match in half because there were reports of when Braun Strowman was being attacked by Brock Lesnar last night, which I will get to that part in a second. Roman was slightly over with the crowd, and Vince said, end it now. So, and it worked, because as soon as Roman pinned Lesnar, I'd say about 70% of that crowd was cheering. Yeah. Uh, but there was a big chant uh, in the middle of the match saying, you both, you both suck. You both yes. suck. <sighs> my, I got really, really excited when, uh, when, Braun, Bra came when out. Braun came out, because my original predictions, Triple not, threat. not of what we already... Um, already spoke about the previous week. I don't know if we had said this in the first episode either, but I did say my original prediction was is that Braun should come in, cash in, and make it a triple threat match. You did say that in the first one. He, I did? Okay. Yes. He didn't 
do that necessarily necessarily but he did say he's like i'm not going to take advantage of my opponent like other people have in the past i'm letting you both know whoever wins i'm cashing in on you on the i'm cashing in on you he's cashing on the winner and you know going into the match and first of all when the match started i thought roman was going to win in seconds the guillotine was a good surprise in the beginning of the match and then obviously after that we hit the suplexes and all that stuff so he said all right now we're back to where we started all that and um, when Roman took out Braun accidentally, only for Brock to finish the job, now it's like, you just, just ruined the cash-in. <laughs> I did. I'm just like, ah, oh, damn it. That, w- that would have been the perfect way to send home the fans of the Barclays Center legitimately happy. Because, like you said, if that report is true where Vince McMahon cut the match right there saying he's, starting, he's getting a po- pretty positive reaction. Let's end it, it now. Let's end it now. Imagine how much the reaction, how much better the reaction would have been if, if Braun actually cashed in and won. Mm-hmm. Imagine I agree. If, he, like, if he actually did, like, actually won, right. then the fans would have been legitimately happy. I think the fans are, I think they're happy that the fact that the the, the Brock Lesnar title reign is finally over right. and this Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns rivalry hopefully is finally right and the over and the universal title is back on TV full time yes um, that and, and again and I tweeted that last night I said the only bright side to Roman walking out of Barclays with the belt is it's finally off of Brock the belt is finally on TV full time the belt will be on TV this week and next week and the week after that it'll yeah, be but defended we, we in hell in a cell we shouldn't have to be settling going oh well at least the universal championship right you're is, right is on Raw now why what i don't understand is they they've invested so much time into this story that it has hurt a lot of other people who are not even involved in the process yeah look how much it has hurt finn balor it's hurt braun Strowman to a certain degree because of momentum maybe it's it's hurt a lot of people that seth rollins like look i love that seth rollins is i think he's great as intercontinental champion but he he deserves the world he title deserve, back. He deserves to be in the Universal Championship picture, I agree. In the world title picture. He is the most naturally over babyface on Raw. Now let me ask you this, and you brought up Finn Balor for a second. First of all, the demon Finn Balor last night, nobody saw coming. As soon I for it. as soon as the lights were off for a significant amount of time, I was like, they're not doing this. And then you hear dun dun. The place went nuts. Now, we see that at a Finn Balor last night. Do we see a Finn Balor push coming after that? I hope so. I don't know about a Finn Balor push, but at least give him some compelling feuds. Give him... Give him the give, IC title. Give him, give him wins. Give him victories. To make people care about Finn Balor again because you got this guy so hyped up. You built him so well leading up to SummerSlam when he got hurt. And when he came back, you treat him like he was nothing. Yeah. The guy is immensely talented. He can he can be a good babyface, but he can turn it up as a heel. And we haven't seen a heel Finn Balor in WWE yet. Do we see that soon? I don't know if we see that soon. The fact that the demon just came back, I don't think we see it so soon. My whole theory is maybe looking at all the people on the card for SummerSlam, if Braun does not cash in tonight, then I say Finn Balor is the right guy to to challenge, to challenge Reigns because we all know Lesnar's not going to be at Hell in a Cell. No. First of all, there's a lot of speculation that tonight he's going to go out there and quit. This could be Reigns last night on Raw. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. We know Lesner? he Yeah, we know he wants to work you said, for You said Reigns. I, I meant Lesnar, I'm sorry. Right. Um we know Lesnar wants to work for both WWE and UFC. He is, could. Is, he could. Is Vince going to approve that? I don't know. And right now what it sounds like is if he doesn't, he's going to the UFC. 
That's happening regardless. He got in the face of Daniel Cormier a few months or a few weeks ago. When he's cleared to fight after he's after his suspension for failing that drug test is over, he's going to fight Daniel Cormier in the UFC. So tonight, Brock and Paul Heyman could very well go on Raw and quit. So that's one scenario. And Brock again, could quit or Paul could stay. Yeah, well, they could both could quit at the same time and Paul could just come back. Uh, but we'll get to Raw in a second. But that's one of the scenarios that could happen tonight. How great would it be? I'm not saying that this will happen, but I think it'd be really cool if it would. How great would it be if Kevin Owens aligned himself with Paul Heyman? Because we would have a similar thing with CM Punk and Paul Heyman. Because both CM Punk and Kevin Owens are great in the mic. And Punk never necessarily needed Heyman. And Owens doesn't necessarily need Heyman either. But the fact that these two guys can work together can make absolute magic. And I yeah. And right now, I mean, with that nasty bump Kevin Owens took from that choke slam from the steel uh, on the walkway. That hurt that, just watching yeah, it. It was. I, I A hope, lot of squash matches last night, by the way. Yeah, I hope Kevin Owens is okay. Um, I mean, I'm sure he will be. He's a wrestler and he knows the the dangers of this. I, But I just think that um, he hasn't really been treated as well as he was in the past couple years. And I think maybe aligning him with someone like Paul Heyman can help kind of rejuvenate Kevin Owens in a sense. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but just to wrap up with the Universal title, a lot of scenarios that could play out tonight on Raw, definitely a must-watch Raw tonight. Um, maybe you see Lesnar getting Reigns' face, but I think that would be about it. I think the rivalry is over. Um, I hope it's over. I really do hope it's over. Um, but again, you could see Strowman come in and cash in and say, you and me, hell in a cell. You could see qualification matches. Maybe Finn Balor is the number one contender. I don't know. But definitely, there's a lot of ways that Strowman could could cash in. I mean, I guess what you're kind of saying. Strowman, let's say Reigns is cutting a promo at the, the beginning of Raw. Strowman could come in. Maybe not cash in right there, but he says, I want you at Hell in a Cell. I'm cashing this in there. Yes. Strowman could just say, I want my match with you at, on this day. Instead of just cashing in like that Like RVD night. did in 2006. Yes. Right, absolutely. Cena did the same thing the week prior to World 1000 with CM Punk. Yeah, that didn't go well. Anyway, so let's <laughs> go from the Universal title to the WWE title. Samoa Joe AJ, number one, good match. Very I thought good match. The ending. I watched it probably 15 minutes before you showed up. My eyes were bugged out. Who says that to somebody? You know, <laughs> on a PG product, might I add. Ordinarily, I am not the biggest fan in world championship matches where there's like a uh, no contest. That or had a to be a or DQ a, or a DQ or or whatever it is. But when it's this story with Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, AJ just losing it. It was completely justified. Yeah. It continues the feud. And this actually builds to a Hell in a Cell match I agree. with Joe and AJ. I agree. Because for so long, these gimmick pay-per-views have just been like, oh, like, like we, we could have AJ Styles feuding with, like, let's say, Rusev. And if the feud isn't like, okay, it's, it's just starting, like, it's Hell in a Cell. I'm like, well, why does this match need to be Hell in a Cell? These two are just starting to feud. We we don't need a Hell in a Cell. You're just saying Hell in a Cell because you just want to promote the pay-per-view. This is a match that actually deserves, deserves to be in a Hell in a Cell. The last time I remember 
the ma all the matches on the card deserving Hell in a Cell was 2016 when they had Charlotte and Sasha. All three of those matches, in my opinion, deserved Hell in a Cell. Um, and the order that they did it was perfect, but I agree with you. I think you probably get a Reigns Hell in a Cell match, whether that's who with, I don't know. But AJ and Joe definitely, after what we saw last night, deserves to be in it. And when I was watching the match... I say they should main event. I agree. As soon as he said... I'll be your daddy instead. I knew the DQ happened, but I knew at that moment I said, all right, it's coming in three, two, and there's the chair. I didn't even have to know what happened after that. As soon as he said that and AJ got up, I was like, here comes the DQ. He got he got a cut, too, in his head. From the stairs, I if believe. He, like the shot they had with his wife and his daughter. His that was daughter, real. His, his daughter said, daddy, you're bleeding. He that said, was real. No, I'm sorry. Yep, that was real. Um, but that shot at the end also builds up further because it's like his wife was almost not disappointed, but like, you can even hear her say, that's enough. That's yeah. enough. Your daughter's here. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think the way the match ended last night, and again, I'm with you. I'm not the biggest fan, especially at a big pay-per-view like SummerSlam, for that to happen. But as soon as those words came out of Joe's mouth, you were expecting the DQ. I think if it was anybody else yeah. other than Samoa Joe facing AJ Styles, I don't. I think people would be coming like, oh, man, that sucks. Right. Like, as with Nakamura, I was at the Backlash pay per view where they had a no contest. They pretty much had, you know, a kick to the groin to each other and they had no contest. Everybody was livid. But the fact that this was Samoa Joe, these are the two guys that, if you look at, were guys like Kenny Omega or, or like any guys in, in the Independence or New Japan Ring of Honor look at just like, I don't know how they're going to, if they're really going to get me. Look at Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. These, these guys were two of the top stars in the entire indie independent wrestling world and they are being treated as megastars in WWE. AJ has held the WWE Championship for almost a year now. Samoa Joe, he may not win every feud he's in, but he can bounce back from a loss and he fe he generally feels like his promos are real. Right. I feel like he might arguably be the best promo guy, maybe better than Miz. That's interesting, and we'll get. And obviously, I want to get to Ms. Daniel Bryan in a second. But staying on Joe and staying on Joe and AJ, I agree with you. And Joe again, like he may not win every feud, but his storytelling is incredible. And I went on record saying that the build up to SummerSlam wasn't too big. They didn't need a big build up. Now they're gonna have a huge build up going to Hell in a Cell. They could essentially have Joe and AJ feud for the rest of the year. They could if they wanted to. I think, I don't know if they would because like you said, and I agreed with you when you said this, at some point, The Miz is going to be the WWE champion. But what if Miz wins the championship at the Royal Rumble? He could because remember, we had that thing about Survivor Series. Do you really want The Miz to, to put Roman or Braun over and get his ass kicked in that pay-per-view? I don't think you do because chances are Survivor Series will be SmackDown versus Raw, Universal Champ versus WWE Champ again. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want The Miz in that spot because no matter who the Universal Champ is, they're going over against anybody you put in front of them. So I think you put the title on The Miz probably at the Clash of Champions pay-per-view in December. Um, you okay. have the AJ-Miz rematch at the Royal Rumble. That's where Brian wins the Rumble and then... Uh, I said I'm challenging the WWE champion and I hope it's the Miz um, I think that's where we go in that I wouldn't be surprised to see him win at the Rumble I just think he does it before that but also not before Survivor Series okay. I think we've said everything we could say about AJ and Joe just it was great even for it was DQ a great finish. match it was a great that was probably the best DQ I've ever seen Probably. Best DQ finish. Absolutely. Ms. Daniel Bryan, great storytelling. Um, he didn't win clean, but he he won the way we expected. Mm -hmm. um, this will build his character. And did you... I don't know if you saw the, the Daniel Bryan-Brie Bella promo. I did. Backstage. It's all... 
because remember, it's like I I didn't come back for this. You might be right. You might be right on this. So he might take that leave for a while, maybe go to those independent shows. I'm not sure, but it his basically what I'm trying to say is the cracks in Daniel Bryan are beginning to show, like yeah, you had said. Exactly, they could set up a uh, Miz and Maurice versus Bryan and Bree match. They could do that uh, at some point, but you know, I don't see how you continue this feud, uh, go, having these guys go at it again. These guys should not. On TV, at least, because they very well could talk, have cross paths in house shows, and that's and that's a different story. Yeah, that's these that's guys fine. should not, you know, touch until Mania. That'll right. be that, that may be hard to do. Yeah, I think they stay away from each other it, at it, least at until the, the Royal at the very least stay away from each other. You know, um, I think Brian leaving for a while could can be a very good thing. Right, and you also got to remember. I know they're still trying to be very careful with him because of the the neck issues and all that stuff. Writing him off TV concussion for the issues. concussions. I'm sorry. Writing him off TV for the rest of the year might be, you know, not only a great thing for the storyline, but a great thing for Brian saying, "All right, we're we're gonna give you a little break. Come back for the Rumble." Uh, we'll set up Mania, and at the same time, we know you're okay, but we're just trying to be extremely cautious here because this has never happened before. Yeah, his concussion protocol is completely... Well, not completely new because they're, they're getting used to it, but it's it's just completely different to everybody else. Mm -hmm. He explains that in, in a podcast he did with Jericho a number of months ago when exactly. they were in Saudi Arabia saying he has a very different concussion protocol everybody. He has to get checked after every single match. Right. He does. And, you know, Daniel Bryan was even the one saying that he was he didn't want to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match because of, you know, the history with ladders and concussions. He was the one that said, I don't want to do it. So even he's being... he's, he's I don't want to do it. I want to work with Big Cass instead. Get him fired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's the one that's not taking... Or he's the one that's not taking the second chance for granted. So he's yeah. also playing himself very careful. Exactly. So if they were to say, Daniel, we're going to write you off TV until the Royal Rumble I don't think he'd have a problem with that and I think that would be the right thing to do for not only the storyline but for his health concerns as well because if I'm just as a fan and the fact that we've seen Daniel Bryan get taken away from in-ring action before it very well could happen again so absolutely I don't really want to see him work a whole lot of dangerous matches and I don't think he does or the company does either he realizes that you know his uh, he's getting older. Even though I did see a, a report or like a quote from an article that he wants to try and wrestle till he's at least seventy, and, he's, <laughs> and that's that's absolutely he's gonna be like uh, like like Terry Funk at this point. But whether or not that happens, I think at least right now he's seeing that you know this has been taken away from me once. It could very well I could lose this all exactly. over again. I wouldn't be surprised if they said you know wrestlers on the road three hundred days a year, you're cutting that in half for the rest of your career. Um, well, they're already kind of doing that with scheduling. He's kind of getting some... He's not working all the time. He's not working all the house shows, but he is on TV every week. Yeah. Um, you know, you're right on that. So I think for Daniel Bryan and Miz, like, just like Gargano and Champa, you put this back on the shelf for a while, start elevating the Miz, start getting him the momentum. You can even give him some WWE title matches that he loses, but at some point I think he has to be the one to take it away from AJ. That was the whole. I think that was the whole point of moving Miz to SmackDown in the first place because why would you move Miz to SmackDown if you don't move him up into the world title picture? Yes. Um, Especially because there's no intercontinental title on SmackDown for him to win. No, he could go for the U.S. title, but he doesn't need it. Right. He is at the point where 
Everybody gets that if the Miz challenges for a WWE Championship match or the Universal Championship, whatever whatever brand they were on, whatever title AJ, even if it was flip reverse and every all three parties, AJ Styles, Miz, and uh, Daniel Bryan were on Raw, it would make sense. Mm-hmm. Just uh, yeah, what would you think of the match in general? Like like some of the kicks and you saw Miz's chest, it was. So red. Oh, they were really beating the crap out of each other. Um, I thought the match was pretty good. Uh, the ending, whatever was in the Miz's hand, I don't know. It had I th- to be like brass knuckles or something. Exactly. I think that was a good way for it to end because, you know, as you and I were saying, we said Miz has to win clean, but also don't ex- don't be surprised if there's something. But regardless, he's got to win because that'll build the momentum. Yeah. So now we're going to start seeing the Miz start to elevate now. You know, obviously the AJ Joe feud isn't over, but Miz could be poking at AJ starting tomorrow night. You know, you never know. Saying he very well could. He very well could. And then that. And again, I don't think the Miz should have the title before Survivor Series. I think immediately after is when he takes it from AJ. I realistically think you could take AJ Joe through Survivor Series. Um, have AJ face the Universal Champion again. Have Joe on Team SmackDown. But that pay per view before that, whatever it's going to be, I'm I'm don't know off the top of my head. I believe. T- I don't know. Whatever that last pay per view is before Survivor Series, that needs to be their last fight. Well, I think the pay-per-view prior to Survivor Series is Evolution. So I think so. Will be hell in a cell then. Yeah, or any male right, any evolution, male storylines right, they ev- could wrap them up on TV. You're right. Evolution's at the end of October. You're right on that. So yeah, so hell in a cell. I mean, you could wrap it up on TV as well because that's a, from September to November. That's a long time. So, uh, but I do think the match between Daniel Bryan and Miz itself was good. Um, I'm not saying. You know, it was bad. Could have been a little better. I enjoyed I, it. I did enjoy it, yes. I And I think maybe they're saving that big, big, big possible five-star match for WrestleMania. Um, because this is a match where you could tell, like, this is this story is not it's over. It's not over. Especially if, if for him to win in a controversial fashion like that, no, it's not over. Um, but again, it's like, if you... I wasn't a fan of this rivalry playing out at SummerSlam. The only reason I understood it is because of Daniel Bryan not signing his contract yet. I thought they should have found a way, and I know it would have been hard, to keep them away from each other until after the Royal Rumble. And then have that first and possibly only that's match what a lot at of people, WrestleMania. That's what a lot of people wanted. They wanted these guys to not even touch each other right. before, uh, until Mania happens. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have like a fight leading into the build of Mania, but the thing is, like, right? They have that rivalry, okay. like going after the Royal Rumble. But it, it, at the same time, yes, it makes sense for them to give Brian something to sink his teeth into prior to him not signing a contract. Because if you look at the stuff that he's been doing after WrestleMania, he had two straight pay per views against Big Cass, an underwhelming feud. Right. And then he had a team with Team Hell No that faced the Bludgeon Brothers. Okay, that's cool. But again, it's it's not the people we were expecting. You know, like if you look, the second when Brian got, came out of retirement, there's a whole list of guys who you wanted to see. One was obviously The Miz. And then you want to see him face Samoa Joe. You want to see him face AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, you know, maybe Jeff Hardy. Oh. At some point, Kurt Angle. Right. All these matches that people want to see... Uh, Pete Dunne, another one, that they want to see Daniel Bryan have. Obviously, you can't get through all these matches in an entire year, but people were maybe expecting that maybe we'd get a Nakamura match or maybe we were getting a uh, an AJ Styles match. We did get a TV AJ Styles match, but it was interrupted by Shinsuke Nakamura, so when <laughs> we revisit that feud, it can we can have a better match quality. I just think that maybe they did this. They probably came up to him and think, like, this is our plan, this is what we want to do. For all we know, Daniel Bryan could have already resigned. 
Right. But again, I said this in the first episode that you should keep Brian's contract under wraps. Under wraps. Don't let anybody know. And if he leaves, make it seem like he's actually leaving. So when he comes back, the people will be go ballistic when he does come back. That's what I think that was that promo with Brie Bella was almost like I didn't come back for this. I didn't come back kind of for this. They're planting the seeds for that. They're planting the seeds for him to kayfabe leave the company. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you could be right on that, CJ. I agree. And and that promo itself, I was I was even thinking of you when it was going on. I'm like, maybe they are doing something. Maybe he is going to leave. And at this point, again. In, and I hate saying that it's it's like Gargano Champa, it's not, but in retrospect to putting the storyline on the shelf, you have to do it now. These two cannot go at it again until after the Royal Rumble when that championship match is pretty much guaranteed. Yeah, the Champa and Gargano story, it's similar, but it's very different. Miz and Brian were not best friends. They were never tag team champions. Uh, Gargano and Champa were. Um, it's a longer built story. You know, they said it's, you know, it's eight years in the making. I know they're building it to be like you know like this is this is like this is it, but no, we all know this isn't it. We all know it this has to end it. at Mania with the championship. Overall, I think we're going to be in for some very interesting storytelling. And if Brian is going to be off TV for a while, I feel like the Miz can definitely carry the story. Just have adding little jabs of uh, like I beat Daniel Bryan and I I beat him so bad that he left and he doesn't even think he's good enough for you people anymore. Yeah. So. I think if anybody can carry the story on his own for a little while, Miz can definitely do it. I want to talk real quick about Alexa Bliss, Ronda Rousey for a minute. Uh, first of all, having Natalia come out first was a very good feel-good moment. You could see she was holding back the tears. She was wearing her it was, father's it jacket. It was good, but I didn't really understand the whole point of it. I think it was just kind of to get the feel-good moment from the crowd. And obviously, she's she's uh, Ronda's... I don't know if it's kayfabe best friend or real best friend. I'm not sure. I know they train together. I think she helped train Ronda. Right. And I so, think they are very close in real life. Right. They wanted the Bella Twins out there. I would I would assume they wanted Natalia out there for that. It was a good feel-good moment. I agree. Um, that, that's the only reason, to me, she was really out before, there. Hours before SummerSlam started, I saw yesterday a rumor online saying Nikki Bella versus I did Ronda see Ra- that. Ronda I did see Rousey. that. There was a part of me that thought she was going to come out and cost Ronda the title. I don't know about cost Ronda the title, but I thought maybe afterwards I saw the Bella twins and Nat- Natty. I'm just like... I go, how great would it be if they all just attacked her right now? How yeah. great would that be? Somebody tweeted last night going, Natalia heel turn. I go, her father just died. They're not doing that. Yeah. Thinking that, I'm like, how great would it be if they all attacked her? But I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Nightheart just died. Maybe if the circumstances. Yes. Maybe if the circumstances were different, maybe, but they're not going to do that right now. But, um,. So yeah, Ronda Rousey going over in convincing fashion. And again, even though it was a squash match, it was still really good. She was good in the ring. I wasn't a fan of the loud yelling throughout the entire thing. I was not a fan of that at all. Um, But regardless of that, and again, like it was a good match. I credit Alexa Bliss for being able to sell all of that perfectly. Mm -hmm. But it's like she realistically helped change the women's division along with Charlotte Flair and Sasha and Bailey and all those girls. They couldn't give her at least a little bit of a wrestling match. Here's the thing. If they're trying to make this feel like, you know, kayfabe, where they're trying to make, where they're really trying to make it, make you believe that this is an actual fight. If this is an actual fight, Ronda Rousey would destroy (laughs) Alexa Bliss. You're right. I love Alexa Bliss. I think she's one of my favorite, she's one of my favorite uh, women on the entire roster. One of my favorites on Raw in general. But when you're going up against someone like Ronda Rousey, you still have to build her as this 
badass, which she is. She could legitimately break both our arms. <laughs> like, I mean, you and me. She could, like, have both of us in an arm bar, and we'd be tapping. At the same at, time. At the same time, we'd be tapping out to her. Not to discredit, like, you know, she is a legitimate right. uh, badass, and she could wreck anybody in real life. And I think that's the message they were trying to say with this. To me, the match was fun. Um, it was I, fun. You had, to, you, you had to put the title on Rousey. Where they go from here uh, is interesting because as impressive as she has been in the few short of matches she's had, she still has to... She's still got a lot to learn. She oh, still yeah. has a lot to do. But I say she's doing a very good job in that fashion. But And here's the thing. She's champion. Presumably, she'll be heading into champion as uh, into Evolution. And so will, and I think this is a great segue to the next match, Charlotte as, you know, the women's champion. Yeah, and I called that, and I'm going to take credit where credit's due. I called that triple threat to a T. You did. Charlotte won the title. The Becky Hill turn was fantastic. It was, but my whole thing is that... Okay, I get you kind of want you kind of I guess they're paralleling that they want Ronda and Charlotte to be the top 2 women in all of WWE. Ronda on top on Raw, Charlotte on top of SmackDown. My thing is was it the right place to do the heel turn because the crowd was she was the most over person in that match. Who, Becky? Yes, Becky. Oh, yeah. They were going nuts for her and they went nuts for her when she did when she, when the heel turn eventually happened. They were actually booing Charlotte when she won the title. Yes, they were booing Charlotte. That's my thing is, that's another example of WWE not capitalizing on the right time with the person when right. someone is so over like Becky Lynch, like you've been building her to, you know, for this championship moment. And granted, I mean, I don't think we've really seen the extent of a Becky Lynch heel. Like, if there's some stuff of her in NXT. Yeah, I mean, she did. But she's just a natural baby face. Right, and and here's the thing, and I agree with you on that. We couldn't have had Charlotte win the title at Evolution or after Survivor Series or go or win the Rumble and go to Raw to face Ronda. We couldn't have had that because, like you said, they, there was all the momentum in the world. You had the crown on Becky Lynch's side. That's the right time to give her the championship. Not saying Charlotte can't win it down the line. Of course she can. But I, I agree with you. I don't think it was necessarily the right time for Charlotte to win it. I know they're building Charlotte Ronda at Mania, whether that's for both titles, whether Charlotte wins the Rumble and goes to Raw. I don't know. But it sounds like that's what they're building towards. And like I said last week, CJ, if they want to go ahead and do a Charlotte heel turn, they could do that whenever they want. That's why I didn't think they were going to do it last night, and that's why I think the Becky Hill term was going to happen instead. But I agree with you. I think they didn't capitalize, and I think it was the wrong time to put the belt on Charlotte. Even though if that is what they're building towards Mania, they didn't have to do it last night. Yeah, I don't know. I just um, I don't doubt that Becky won't be a good heel. I, she's immensely talented. She can definitely do it. I just don't think it's the right time. I, another reasoning why is maybe because we've already seen a feud with Charlotte as a heel and Becky as a babyface, and they want to kind of flip-flop you know, it. Flip it. But at the same time, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Becky Lynch is immensely over as a babyface. And she's going to be immensely over as a heel. Yeah. I mean, then again, we don't know. Just speaking right now, Becky Lynch could... She could make the... She could make... People turn on her. Well, on, also, coming tomorrow night on, on SmackDown. You're right, but also think about where Evolution's going to be. It's in Long Island, not very far from where Brooklyn was. Yeah. So you're going to have that same crowd. Same type of crowd. That's yeah. over for Becky. So, you know, it, you're right. It could go either way. They might have a plan in place where, you know, that you do get the people to turn on Becky and they sympathize towards Charlotte. We don't know. We'll see in a couple of months at Evolution because that's where it looks like it's going. But I did say they're probably going to want 
Ronda and Charlotte in, in the title picture. In the main event. In the title picture or the very or, or champion leading into that pay-per-view. Right. Now Charlotte and Ronda are champion, and they're, and they're not going to drop the title like Hell in a Cell or Raw or SmackDown leading into Evolution. But are they going to – and I know there are rumors from some people that this could happen. Will they unify the titles? I don't think – no, I don't think you do that because if you unify the titles – you are just like if you would do with the world titles, you're kind of burying. What's the point? The, what's the point? Wait, what's the point of the brand split? Right. What is the point of the brand split if you're going to unify the two titles? Right. So, but like you said, I mean, you know, Charlotte Flair is not going to drop it at a at a SmackDown or a, or a non you know or a lower pay per view, and Ronda is clearly going into Mania as the champion. She's not she, losing till then. You really think she's going to hold the title until Mania? Ronda? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. Explain. You know, like you said, I think if, you know, like you said with Alexa Bliss, if it's a real fight, Ronda's going to win every single time. I think they're going to build to the point to Charlotte to win the Rumble, have her go and face Ronda if she's not the champion. Um, I don't know. I just think it's going to be one of those things where I think Charlotte will be your toughest fight. So does she have squash matches? I'm not saying squash matches. matches. I, I say it gets progressively harder for her. But if she's going against the Raw roster, but put it this way, if it's Alexa Bliss, she's beating her again. Mickey James, she beats the crap out of her religiously every week. Alicia Fox, don't you dare get me started. <laughs> Nikki Bella could be interesting at Evolution, but again, that's probably going to be a title match. Nikki Bella's not winning because that's going to be a one and done for her for the year. Yeah. Right? Survivor. Or at least, or at least like, yeah, for the year because right. she'll, she'll, she'll probably come back at Mania. Actually, just brought up, I just thought of a good point. Survivor Series, if she's the champion and Charlotte's the champion, they do this, they they do do this at Survivor Series. Because the four horsewomen versus the four four horsewomen was squashed last night when Becky turned heel. That's not happening anymore. Yeah, it was not for a while. Definitely not gonna happen. So maybe series. Charlotte well, does drop again, the belt. It, it could happen at Survivor Series, but you kind of see a dysfunction between the group right. because Becky's not getting along with Charlotte. Maybe Becky could get along with Bailey and Sasha. Oh yeah, they could do. They could do it at Survivor Series. With, and Charlotte can get along with Bailey and Sasha, but the fact that Becky and Charlotte have so many issues. That it can cost them the yeah. match. You're right. They could at Survivor Series because they have heel face teams all the time. Mm-hmm. So you're right on that. Um, so I you, mean, Ronda Rousey is a baby face. Shayna Baszler is a heel. Yeah. So maybe if you want to keep the belt on Charlotte going forward after Survivor Series, maybe that's how you do it with that tag match. So it's not really one on one. You just give them a taste of what they can give do. Give them a taste. Classic championship probably goes over. Um, and then again, Royal Rumble. Realistically, I don't know if you have the women's titles on the line, only because that'd be a really long pay-per-view if you did. And then after that, I don't know if they would make Ronda defend it in the Elimination Chamber. So yeah, I think there's a realistic chance that Ronda could take this to WrestleMania. I do. Um, Because I think think it's more realistic for Charlotte to win the Rumble and face Ronda than it is vice versa. That's my opinion. Okay. So that's why I think that she could be the champion going to Mania. I'm not saying it's really going to happen, but I'm saying I see it. I see Ronda going in as the champion. They could do a similar thing where maybe Charlotte drops the SmackDown Women's Championship. She wins the Royal Rumble, and she challenges for the Raw Women's Champion, just like Asuka did. Just like Asuka did the year before. right? And only Charlotte's on SmackDown. Absolutely. So let's, for the next few minutes that we have left, CJ, let's kind of preview Raw and SmackDown tonight. It really, what are the things you're looking forward to well, seeing? Just, what just, can we see? Just really quickly, I'd like to touch on uh, Rollins and Ziggler. Oh, Rollins, I forgot about them. That was, a gr- I thought, a great way to open the show. 
I, I was, think it might be my favorite match of the whole night. I was waiting for the Dean heel turn. I think we get it now more down the line. A little too early. A little too early. Maybe that thing that I told you about San Antonio predict or advertising that tag team Hell to Cell is actually going to happen now. Oh, really? So, what they, what they advertise? Didn't I, I said you outside the Barclays Center. Whoever is hosting Hell in a Cell advertised McIntyre and Ziggler versus Rollins and Ambrose inside oh, Hell in a Cell. okay. Which wouldn't be too bad. Maybe you have the heel turn inside Hell in a Cell. I don't know. Maybe. But um, I thought the match was great. I thought storytelling was great. Moves were awesome. I thought Dean um, on the outside was awesome because every single time you saw Drew, you just saw Dean kind of right there Ambrose with him going. Great. He looks phenomenal. He looks like a heel. He does look like a heel, which eventually he will eventually turn on Rollins. Yeah. I think uh, the, the the closing sequences of the match where uh, Drew is trying to distract Rollins and Ambrose goes for the Dirty Deeds, Ziggler setting up for a super kick, Rollins hits him with a super kick first, and then the curb stomp. It was shocking. I thought Ziggler, we both thought, thought Ziggler was going to retain. Yeah. Um, great way to open the show. The crowd was hot. Crowd was awake. They were, it, they were fired up. They were ready. And... Um, yeah, the, these four guys could probably do some great work with the Intercontinental Championship, and I definitely see a fatal four-way down the line. So you don't see it at Hell in a Cell? I don't know if I see a fatal four-way to Hell in a Cell, um, but that doesn't mean an Ambrose heel turn can't happen, and at the following pay-per-view, whenever that may be, or whenever they do it, they can't have a fatal four-way. And at that point, I think Ziggler gets it back because I really think that they should drag out the Drew and Ziggler thing at Mania for the Intercontinental Championship. And you can have Ambrose and Rollins feud with each other. Uh, so do you have Drew as the face in that match or the heel? For sure the face. For okay. sure the baby face because okay. he has the body type that Vince McMahon loves. He seems, just like Joe, he seems real in his promos when he gets on the mic. And he just he just looks great he he looks seasoned he's got the mind for he gets it now and i feel like he is a guy who they can build around the company and i see him as like world champion in like a year okay so let's touch on raw and smackdown uh for you realistically what are we expecting tonight tomorrow what are the things we can look forward to how are we building hell in a cell after the SummerSlam fallout what are your thoughts my thoughts are for sure AJ and Joe are going to be inside Hell in a Cell. As far as what's going on on Raw... It's a little um, bit of a, of a toss-up right now. It could be. Um, we're probably going to see a promo from Reigns. Uh, do we see a Braun cash-in? I'm not sure. I don't know if we see Braun cashing in tonight. Um, or he could just, like I said earlier, he could announce to Roman and say, I want you at Hell in a Cell at the next pay-per-view. Or he could just say, I'm cashing in on you tonight. I want you in the main event tonight. Mm -hmm. And could, Roman can't say no because anytime, anyplace. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right. And, and even if he says that or he says, you and me at Hell in a Cell, I'm cashing this in there. Reigns going to have to go, all right, see you there. Sort of thing. Uh, because or again, Reigns could be like, why don't we just go right here right now? Yeah, you could do that. And then you'll have Constable Baron Corbin come out with a broken arm and say, that's not happening. I'm calling <laughs> Stephanie. Because uh, that's what happens all the time on Raw. But Kirk can just come out and say, like, I make the matches. And I say, I want... Maybe we won't have this match right now, but we're going to have this match in our main event tonight. Right. I agree with that. I think you have something from Reigns and Braun. I think I, everything that Braun did last night, he has to be featured with Reigns at some point tonight, mm -hmm. whether that is the Universal Championship match, whether you build up Hell in a Cell. I think you set them both up tonight. Joe and AJ, I think you see a lot from them on SmackDown. Don't be surprised if the locker room has to separate them tomorrow night um, because I think it'll be something along those lines. I think Ziggler, like you said, Ziggler and um, 
Rollins, I think, dragged this out a little bit. I think tomorrow night you see a different, a much different dark side out of Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. And almost because you saw how that match went went off the air. Charlotte was crying. Yeah, you may see a little bit of that on Tuesday. Going, why did you do that? You know, why would you throw away a friendship for a championship? And maybe have Becky throw it back in her face, going, "Well, you did the same thing to me two years ago," yeah. sort of thing. You could see that. Um, I'm trying to think, Every- it, could, it could be a thing of like you know, for years I have busted my ass for this company. I have busted my ass to become champion. And what did they do? They gave you all these championship opportunities. They gave you all these big matches. And what have I been doing? I've been in pre-shows. I haven't even been on SmackDown. I haven't for the longest time. I wasn't even on SmackDown main TV. Yeah. It's been you. My so my my best friend hogging up all the glory when I work when I'm here day in and day out working harder than ever and you're getting these opportunities because of who you are and who your family is. I definitely agree with that. Uh, so I think we see a little bit of that. Oh, obviously you're going to see Ronda and Alexa on Raw tonight. Um, obviously, when you think through the evolution, they'll both be pre- they'll both be trying to promote different matches. And oh, and obviously on SmackDown tomorrow, Miz is going to cut a, an amazing promo on Daniel Bryan. We might see like a Miz TV segment open up the show. Yeah, you could absolutely. So let's wrap up with that. This was the not another wrestling podcast. So CJ, the next time you and I do this, we will get to recap all in, um, which will be after, of course, I get back from vacation next week. So yes, we'll ne- be able to recap the next couple of Raw and SmackDowns. Raw and SmackDowns, we catch everybody up, start previewing Hell in a Cell again. Recap all in, which I'm much looking forward to talking to you about more. And I length. actually got a notification on my phone about 25 minutes ago for a new Being the Elite. As the time of this recording has been uploaded, and I'm excited because at almost every episode they, they promote air, a new match. They promote a new match. Last episode, it was Kenny Omega versus Pentagon. I can't wait to see what they're announced now. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll get to touch on that. We'll get to catch up wrestling. We'll talk Hell in a Cell, everything else that's going on in the world in pro wrestling. And thank you all for listening to this edition and all of our other editions as well. Sean McChesney, CJ Palmasano here, and we'll see you next time.